0: Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. Learn about upcoming events, our online store, how to donate, the podcast, daily devotionals, and much more when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in 1 Corinthians chapter 7 about being called by God and remaining true to that calling.
1: I say this as a pastor to you we need you to be a Christian right where you are this is going to be the key of revival in America it's not us running into the church building and cloistering together you know and singing our songs and then we go out into the world nobody knows we're a believer no we need you to be a change agent where you live in your family in your company to be bold strategic of course compassionate, wise, but yet bold. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. The Lord's placed you there for a reason. If we are going to have a revival in America, it's, be- it's gonna be because the church goes out into the world on fire with the gospel. Do you believe that? So we do multiple Bible studies in restaurants. Why do we do them in restaurants? Because Pastor Michael likes food. But there's another reason. Oftentimes in a restaurant, people wonder what we're doing. And we've had all kinds of opportunities out in public to minister to people. Sometimes another believer will walk by one of our Bible studies, amen, right? Sometimes we've been praying in a restaurant and a hand will be placed on a shoulder, make you a little nervous because your eyes are closed and it's a public place. But then we'll find another believer heard us praying and they're encouraged Just by the fact that we're out there studying the Bible. We've had business owners open up their place knowing that we're going to have a Bible study, and they're like, cool, do it. You see, we need to have a missional attitude, we need to have a gospel oriented life. Do you know later Paul will say, get this, I do all things for the sake of the gospel. I'm still trying in my life to really have that missional attitude. That everything I do is for the sake of the gospel. That's why Paul said in verse 16, How do you know, O wife, whether you will what? Save your husband. That's salvation. How do you know, O husband, talking to the ones who are married to unbelievers, whether you will what? Save your wife. How do you know? I want you to be an ambassador right there. I want you to impact people right there. Look at 14. For the unbelieving husband is sanctified through his believing wife. The unbelieving wife sanctified through her believing husband. See, Paul's been saying that the situations of life, though they are difficult, are really ordained by God. And God wants you to impact those people right where you are. So the first option shouldn't be running the first option should be thinking about how I can redeem this situation. and These are difficult things, right? Because sometimes it does seem easier if we could just go. And there are times when God illumines a new door. Some of you have moved from you know, uh, employment in the world to ministry. Certainly, God does open new doors there. Sometimes you've had, you've, some of you have been abandoned by a spouse who said, I don't want to be married to you anymore. I don't like your Christianity. They cheated on you. Paul says in those situations, you're free. But he has a plan for us. And the, the hardest thing for us is when we're weighing a couple of options. Option A, option B. What do I do now? Even maybe both of them look relatively Good. How do you know what you should do in these situations? I was talking to a brother on the phone. He's got this kind of situation right before him. And we we're praying, and here's a verse that just came to me in the moment. Train up a child in the way that he should go, Proverbs 22, six, And when he is old, he will not depart from it. The majority of scholars believe the way that he should go is not just make sure he's a Christian. Proverbs 22, 6, the way that he should go, the way that she should go, is the bent, the gifting of that particular child. There's a way that you should go in this sense, that God has given you a gifting and, and abilities and a calling, and it may be for business, and it may be that you have been called to be in ministry or some other profession or whatever, but there's a way that you should go, and that way is usually put into you at a very young age. And it's usually affirmed or confirmed as life goes on. Now, Paul was going in a certain direction and God changed his way. He was on the road to Damascus going to persecute Christians and Jesus called him right there. Called him to be an apostle and redirected him and that certainly does happen. But for those of you who are believers, ask yourself some of these questions. What is the way, the gifting that God has put on me? Has He put gifts of compassion, hospitality, teaching, whatever? We are told in Scripture, if you have a gift from God, use it. Engage it. I was watching uh, some Christian television the other night, and there was a story of a madame. She was running a house of prostitution, and she went from a madame to a missionary and obviously, her previous life was very sinful. And now she is ministering to many, many women uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is also stories that happen where you know, somewhere in life, maybe you were in a situation where you were so far from God and God redeemed that. And now He's put you somewhere else. That's where He may take your past and what happened to you in the past, the sinful things that you did, and allow you to minister right there to people who are still in it. He can comfort you and then allow you to comfort others with the comfort with which you've been comforted by God. He can bring you back to mission fields that you've been delivered out of, and you got to be wise about the timing of such things, right? Not when you're going to be tempted to go back. But once you are secure in Christ, he may take you right back to that kind of situation to tell those people there's hope for them because if he saved you out of it and you were the ringleader, then there's hope for them. In the early church, when the Apostle Paul, who was first Saul, was being introduced by to other believers, other believers were like, "Uh, no, thank you. I'm not shaking his hand. And I'm certainly not going to give him a holy kiss. He persecutes the church. I know about him. There's a wanted poster that's been placed in all the churches. This is Saul of Tarsus. Wicked, evil man. No, thank you. And there were others who had to convince Christians that Saul was okay. He had met the living God. He had been born again to a living hope. Nevertheless, NIV 17 each one should retain the place in life the Lord assigned to him and to which God has called him. This rule I lay down in all the churches. This is not ad hoc advice. This is true for all the churches. God has a divine assignment and a divine endowment in your life. He has called you and there's even the concept that He has placed you. He has assigned you to be an ambassador of hope where you are. So ask yourself, why am I doing what I'm doing? Who am I trying to please? What am I trying to accomplish? Who am I trying to impress? Some people will live their whole lives to try to please somebody else. Their whole career path, their schooling will be because of the pressure of somebody else How about you let God decide that? And we as parents, you know, those of us who had athletic, uh, you know, dreams, sometimes we force our kids to play a certain sport. You're going to be a baseball player, all three of mine. From early times in the crib, I was doing reaction drills in their cribs. So I had Dodger stuff, you know, the little little, uh, thing that circles around the babies. It It was just all Dodger stuff. To impress it in them early. And then I throw peas, frozen peas into the crib and work on reaction time. Yeah, gonna be a shortstop. Just kidding about the peas. But I did think about it. Anyway. God has a calling on your life. And your calling is a divine assignment. And your job is to walk out or work out what he's worked in. So this is Ephesians 2.10. You're familiar with it. It says, we are his workmanship. We've been created or recreated in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should what? Walk in them. God prepares good works. We are to walk them out or work them out. Walk out what God has done in your life, where he's placed you, what he's put on your heart. As God has assigned or called each in this manner, let him walk. That's the word perpateo. It means live. And so this is the direction I give for all the churches. As God has assigned each one, so walk. Sometimes God uses you remaining in a situation to do His best chiseling in your life. Amen? You're in a difficult situation. Oh, there was no amen there. I'm not going to amen that i not going to amen something that talks about difficult situations. But sometimes, have you noticed that you're in a situation, and it may not be the most pleasant, but that's where God chisels you the most. He refines the rough edges. He teaches you to love as He loves. He teaches you to press on and walk by faith and live by the power of the Holy Spirit and walk in Him, firmly grounded and rooted. Was any man called 18 already circumcised? Let him not become uncircumcised. Has anyone been called in uncircumcision? Let him not be circumcised. Now, Paul will use circumcision and slavery as two examples in the ancient world, and there could be modern examples here, but this divides the the Jewish and Gentile world. Jews were circumcised, sign of the Abrahamic covenant, Gentiles were uncircumcised. Remember when David said, we're not going to allow this uncircumcised Philistine to talk to the armies of the Lord like this? And so some people who had grown up Jewish, they were circumcised on the eighth day. But in the Roman world, circumcision was seen as grotesque and ridiculous. And so get this, some Jews wanting to be accepted in Roman and and Greek culture went through a, The circumcision surgery. Hello, my name is Terry, and I'm from Corona, California, and you are listening to Walk in
0: Truth. You can now listen to Walk in Truth with Michael Lance wherever you go and whenever you want. That's because Walk in Truth can now be heard on your favorite podcast app. Apps like iPodcast, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and much more. Simply open up your favorite podcast app and search Walk in Truth. Make sure you subscribe so you'll know when a new show is available. Thanks for listening and partnering with Walk in Truth. Hey, Shane Lance here, and I wanted to take a quick moment and encourage you to subscribe to our devotional called A Step Closer. This is a quick read from scripture with a little bit of commentary, and it's a great way to keep you growing in your walk with the Lord. In our crazy society right now, with all the things we jam-pack into our schedule, I'll be the first to admit that sometimes it's hard to find time to study God's Word. But it is so important as we grow in our relationship with the Lord to study His Word. It's such a vital aspect to our walk. You can text Step Closer as one word to 33222. Again, that's Step Closer as one word to 33222. We really believe here at Walk in Truth that this can be a great instrument in helping you grow in your relationship with the Lord. So once again, we'd encourage you to subscribe to our devotional called "A Step Closer," and you can text "Step Closer" as one word to thirty-three two two two. Now back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth.
1: Peripateo it means live, and so this is the direction I give for all the churches, as God has assigned each one. So walk. Sometimes God uses you remaining in a situation to do his best chiseling in your life, amen? You're in a difficult situation. Oh, there was no amen there. I'm not gonna amen that. I'm not gonna amen something that talks about difficult situations. But sometimes have you noticed that you're in a situation and it may not be the most pleasant, but that's where God chisels you the most. He refines the rough edges. He teaches you to love as he loves. He loves. He teaches you to press on and walk by faith and live by the power of the Holy Spirit and walk in Him, firmly grounded and rooted. Was any man called 18 already circumcised? Let him not become uncircumcised. Has anyone been called in uncircumcision? Let him not be circumcised. Now, Paul will use circumcision and slavery as two examples in the ancient world, and they're Could be modern examples here, but this divides the the Jewish and Gentile world. Jews were circumcised, sign of the Abrahamic covenant. Gentiles were uncircumcised. Remember when David said, we're not going to allow this uncircumcised Philistine to talk to the armies of the Lord like this? And so some people who had grown up Jewish, they were circumcised on the eighth day. But in the Roman world, circumcision was seen as grotesque and ridiculous. And so get this, some Jews wanting to be accepted in Roman and Greek culture went through a de-circumcision surgery. Because in that world, if you went into the bathhouses or you worked out in the gymnasium, kind of like today, and let's say that you went into the showers, they would be embarrassed if they had the sign of circumcision. So some of them literally went through a surgical procedure to try to show that they were not circumcised. Why? Because they didn't want to be laughed at in the Roman world. They didn't want to be laughed at by the Greeks. They didn't want people to say, look at that person. And this is the pressure that we feel in terms, you know, we talk a lot about peer pressure in junior high and high school. It's real. There's all kinds of things that people will do to try to shame an individual. It could be something silly like the shoes that they wear or the jeans that they bought. They're not the certain jeans that are in. Right? And there's all this pressure and we as human beings get sucked into it whether we're kids or we're in midlife or we're older. These, there's pressure to conform. Pressure to be cool. Cool. And the Hebrew people were under this kind of pressure. And so some people put themselves through pain and surgery all to be acceptable in a secular world. And Paul says circumcision is nothing. 19. Isn't that shocking for a Jewish Pharisee to say this is a sign of the Abrahamic Covenant? And he says circumcision is nothing. And... Uncircumcision is nothing. But what matters is keeping the commandments of God. Now, what do you think Paul's talking about? Do you think he's talking about the Mosaic law? I doubt it. I think Paul's talking about the commandment to love God and love your neighbor as yourself. If we could do those two things, we would not be writing people about peripheral junk and garbage. We would accept people. We would love people just as they are. We we would love the way God has loved us when He accepted us in the Beloved. This is what the body of Christ should be embracing that makes us different. Wherever we've come from, whatever our pain or our scars or our brokenness may be, we are accepted in the Beloved. Amen? Turn to Romans 15, just a book back. Romans 15. We shared this in a uh, devotion as a staff this week. Here's what Romans 15.1 says. Now we who are strong ought to bear the weaknesses of those without strength, Romans 15.1, and not just please ourselves. Each of us, Romans 15.2, is to please his neighbor for his good to his edification. For even Christ did not please himself, as it is written, 15.3, the reproaches of those who reproach reproach you fell on me. For whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction, so that through perseverance, and this is what we need to love people well, and the encouragement of the Scriptures, we might have hope. Keep reading. Now may the God who gives perseverance and encouragement Grant you to be of the same mind. Grant you unity with one another according to Christ Jesus. So that with one accord, you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Go all the way to verse 13. Now may the God of hope, He's the God who gives hope and encouragement. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you, brother or sister, may or will abound in hope. How? By the power of the Holy Spirit. There's many times in my life when I say, Lord, I can't do that. I can't do what you've called me to do. Turn back to 1 Corinthians. I don't have the goods. I don't have the means. I don't have the power. Captain, I don't have the power. A little Star Trek for you there. And this is where God says, you're right. You don't, but I do. And just ask me, and I will fulfill a scripture that I gave Paul. You can do all things, not some. You can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. Paul says, look, the outward signs of Jew, Gentile, uh, uh, circumcision, uncircumcision are nothing." For in Christ Jesus, Galatians 5, 6, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything but faith working through love. In Galatians 6, 15 and 16, he says, neither circumcision is circumcision anything nor uncircumcision but a new creation. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. Now go, says Paul, through the Spirit and love people. And so let's wind it down as we look at the final verses. Verse 20, 1 Corinthians 7. Let each man, each person, remain, that's the present imperative, in that condition in which he was called. 20. Each one should remain in the situation, NIV, which he was when when God called him. Stay there. Unless God is giving you a clear, biblical reason to be out of it, and confirming it by his Holy Spirit and good counsel, Paul says stay. Now, let me qualify. You are not being asked to stay in an abusive situation. You're not being asked to stay to be somebody's punching bag. You are not being asked to stay in a dangerous situation where there's drug abuse and the like. Life is complicated, and in those situations, you need biblical counsel and the church to back you. And if you're in that spot, please come and talk to us. We're not talking about that. But we are talking about, generally speaking, situations that we'd prefer that they were different. Were you called while a slave? Talk about a difficult spot. One-third of the population of Corinth was in some form of servitude. Paul says, were you called while a slave? Don't worry about it. Now, Someone in the ancient world might say, well, what do you mean don't worry about it, Paul? <laughs> I'm the one that's in some form of servitude. And by the way, even though ancient slavery was different than the plight of modern slavery, uh, ancient slavery was often voluntary. People would sell them into, themselves into slavery to pay off debts. Sometimes people chose to stay in a servant-master relationship because they loved their master. But there were abuses as well.
0: You're listening to Walk in Truth with Pastor Michael Lance, and this was part two of his teaching in 1 Corinthians chapter 7 about being called by God and remaining true to that calling. Visit our online store to get DVDs, CDs, and books which will help equip you with the information you need to explain and defend your faith. Also, to learn about other religions or cults. If you'd like to learn about the origins of Christmas, how December 25th became the holiday when Jesus was born in another month, get the DVD on walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael.
1: Well, sometimes as we ponder remaining faithful where we are, called and remaining true, we sometimes wonder, well, am I wealthy or successful enough to even help anybody? How could I be a blessing to people when I don't have many resources? I don't feel like I have much to give. Can I really make a difference in someone's life? Hey, you know what? When the Son of Man, Jesus, was on the earth, he said he didn't even have anywhere to lay his head. You know, it wasn't money that made Jesus who he was. It wasn't success. It wasn't a house on the hill. It was his touch. It was his words. It was his love. It was the truth. He was willing to enter into people's lives and enter into our pain. And you know, there's a blessing when we take our eyes off of ourselves and say, you know what, I have plenty to give because I'm a child of God and I can be a blessing just by being there for somebody, just by writing a note to somebody, by doing something small that can be huge in someone's life, by just putting a hand on someone's shoulder and saying, let me pray for you or let me listen to you or sending an encouraging text. There's so many ways to redeem your life and even redeem this Christmas season. Well, hey guys, I'd like to invite you out to a men's Bible study. It's tomorrow morning. It's at Honey's Restaurant. It's at 402 South Main Street in Corona. We have a great uh, men's breakfast going on and Bible study. Uh, We're going through the Gospel of John, and it is awesome. And it's a, a great thing that you can participate in. So check it out on the Living Truth app. Come on out to the Men's Bible Study, Thursday mornings, 9 a.m. Honey's Restaurant. We'll see you there. God bless you.
0: Come back tomorrow for part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in 1 Corinthians chapter seven about being called by God and remaining true to that calling. I'm Mike Massaro. Hey, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. As always, our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.